Hey guys, Abel here, back with another video. And in today's video, I want to talk about my training a little bit. After I discussed how my diet looks like these days and how I'm trying to maintain a leaner physique, I also want to talk a bit about how I'm structuring my training. As I mentioned in that last video, my maintenance strategy doesn't just apply to my nutrition, it also applies to what I'm doing in the gym, which basically means that I'm not really trying to accomplish anything remarkable for the time being. I'm not trying to set PRs for the most part. I'm not really trying to get bigger. Of course, I will take it if it comes my way, but it's not really my explicit goal. I simply just want to keep looking the way I do, at least in terms of body fat percentage, and I want to keep my muscle in the meantime. And that's going to be the case probably for the upcoming one or two months. And at that point, just because you always need some sort of a goal, that's what keeps life and especially training interesting and exciting. I will kind of switch strategies a little bit. And at that point, I'm going to do a lean gaining phase, a bit of a bulk. And then I'm going to get much more dedicated, purposeful, and I guess just focused with my training efforts. But nevertheless, there were still a couple of questions in the comment section, which asked me about how I'm training at the moment and how I'm going about my training in a more flexible manner. So what I thought I would do in this video is I would tell you how I'm training at the moment and I will kind of contrast that with what my recommendations would be if someone was actually trying to gain muscle or maybe someone was trying to retain their muscle mass during a cutting phase. Because in those cases, I would definitely not advise someone to go about their training the way I'm going about it. However, there are still things that I think you can take away from my approach and you can apply to your training even if you are trying to build muscle at the moment. So basically just a general outline first as far as how I'm setting things up. Basically, I am training seven days a week and that is not because I'm super hardcore and because I'm so compulsive about my training that even in this maintenance period, I cannot get myself to take at least one rest day. It is simply because this is just the way I like to schedule things. I pretty much look at my training as any other thing in my life that I do on a daily basis, such as brushing my teeth or taking the garbage out. To be honest, I could easily make my current training setup work if I trained only three or four days a week. Maybe I could even make it work with two sessions a week if I really went balls out, but it's just much more convenient for me to do it this way because I can have shorter sessions. I'm kind of in and out of the gym and it's also good for adherence purposes. For me, if I know that my training session is something that is going to take place every single day, then I know that it's just the default thing that's going to happen. I don't have to debate myself whether or not I'm going to do it. And believe it or not, it is actually that's something that's happened in the past. And in the past year in particular, where I was playing around with different splits, so I had periods when I was playing around with training only five days a week, even four days a week at times, I found it to be a lot more difficult to actually keep being consistent with my training sessions. And I started having a lot of these back and forth kind of conversations in my head with myself that, well, okay, I missed yesterday's session already, but what if I missed today as well? I could make up for the volume tomorrow. And all of a sudden I found myself to be much laxer with my training and I found it to be just a lot more difficult to actually show up. And that was honestly mind blowing to me because for the longest time, I honestly viewed myself as someone as 
If anything, I might be a bit too compulsive about my training. I have too hard of a time taking some time off, even when it would be warranted. I had a difficult time taking vacations and being away from the gym. But when I started training less frequently, I found myself to be actually having adherence issues at times. So anyway, for those reasons, I really like to be training every single day. And that's how I'm distributing my weekly volume. Speaking of weekly volume, I am doing approximately 10 sets a week. That is the average. There are weeks when it's a little bit less. It might only be eight or nine sets for certain muscle groups. And there might be weeks when it's slightly more like 12 sets or even 14 sets. As far as my training split goes, it's kind of a weird arrangement at the moment of a full body slash upper lower kind of hybrid setup. So I am training upper body basically seven days a week. At least some muscles of my upper body are going to be trained all days of the week. However, my lower body, which in my case simply means quads and hamstrings because calves I don't train at all because honestly for calves I really needed to do just one set in my entire life which was one set of being born honestly that was enough for me to get good calves because both my mother and my father have good calves so I don't really need to train those and so I don't do it However, my quads and my hamstrings, I'm training two days of the week. That's what I've been doing for the past two months or so. And honestly, as far as my training arrangement and my training split goes, I played around with everything that you can possibly imagine in this past six, seven months or so. Before that, for the most part, I followed a full body setup, pretty high frequency training, high frequency to the point where basically all muscle groups were trained on every day, but I wanted to try something new. It's always good to try new things and experiment with different arrangements, if anything, because it can give you some nice insights when you're putting together training programs for other people, like I'm doing in the case of my clients. Most of my sessions will consist anywhere from three to six exercises, most sessions actually I will try to keep at roughly four exercises on average and I will do anywhere from two to four sets per exercise per session. Usually on average it will be more like two to three. My training is fairly high effort so I'm training pretty close to failure which in practice means that on basically all exercises I'm getting all the reps that I can in each set. So you could call that zero reps in reserve, or you could also call it one rep shy of failure. That's how I normally call it. Now that looks slightly differently on different exercises. So for example, on a chest press machine, that will actually be a pretty significant grinder. And there is no way that I could actually get another repetition on something like a bicep curl. I will typically quit doing reps once I can no longer complete a good repetition with somewhat decent form and on something like an RDL, Romanian deadlift, or actually at the moment in my case, good mornings, it will be at the point where I'm suspecting that in the next rep there might be a slight form breakdown, which could be of course highly injurious. I would say that all in all my training scheduling, setup and programming is very, very flexible at the moment. I can't remember a time in the last several years when there was so little structure to all of it. And I would say that the way I'm training right now 
is a great way to stay in great shape once you are in great shape already. At least whatever you're considering to be great shape. As far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. And if I can just stay here for the time being, I'm really happy with that. However, I don't think that actually getting to this point in the first place and building up the physique that I currently have, I don't think that training the way I do now would be the most efficient and effective way of accomplishing that. So with that, I want to talk about a few things that I think you could emulate from my training and some takeaways and messages that you could actually take away and some of the other things which I think you should definitely not emulate if you're interested in actually building up your physique and building the most amount of muscle that you can. So one thing that I think is definitely something that you can emulate from my training is that I'm training with moderate volumes and with high efforts. I think that while of course everybody is different, people's volume requirements will be different. I think that this way of training, so keeping volume at a moderate level, not so low that it's kind of dubious whether that's going to be actually enough to grow muscle, but not so high that you're always edging on the borders of your recovery ability, but keeping it somewhere in between in a moderate range and training with fairly high effort levels, meaning typically getting all the reps that you can in each set is a very reliable way to get someone from a point where they don't really look like they lift, so basically kind of a novice level, to at least a solid intermediate level where they do look like they lift. In my experience, it's also a great way to get someone from spinning their wheels and not really going anywhere with their training, which is actually a lot of my clientele who is approaching me. It's a really good way from taking them from there to actually making progress once again. Beyond that, once you have already reached the intermediate, late stage intermediate or advanced level, then it might be worthwhile to play around with higher volumes and maybe modulate the effort levels here and there. However, in my experience, actually a lot of people can still progress at a fairly advanced level with this kind of a setup, but there might be a few more tricks that at some point we have to pull out of the hat. But the fundamental setup, so moderate volumes and high effort levels, are still very workable and very well tolerated by most people in my experience. So I think that is definitely something that you can take away and something that you can experiment with if you're currently training with a very different setup, so maybe very high volumes, lower effort levels. Give this a shot and maybe you will be surprised by how well it's working. Another thing which you not only could, but I actually think you should emulate from my training setup is that I'm training about the volume requirements and the recovery ability of each individual muscle group. And I'm not thinking about broad categorizations like back and legs and shoulders, but I'm thinking about side delts, rear delts, quads, hamstrings. When it comes to the back, I'm thinking about the lats, the mid, lower and upper traps which might sound like a very trivial thing to many of you. However, I sometimes get surprised when someone comes to me and says, okay, so I'm a little bit confused that you lowered my chest volume, but you increased my leg volume. And it's like, well, it's because you're thinking about the leg as one muscle group, whereas you have hamstrings and quads. So yes, now you actually do some meaningful amount of quad work and hamstring work. And if you actually equate everything, then most muscle groups are getting a relatively even amount of volume. 
On the other hand, another thing that's useful to keep in mind, and what you could definitely emulate from the way I'm doing things, is that I'm strongly considering the overlap between different exercises and how they are training muscle groups. So if you take my training as an example, like I said, on average for most muscle groups, I'm doing about 10 sets per week. Now, that would be true of roughly seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 different muscle groups. So let's just go through them one by one. We have chest, we have lats, we have biceps, we have triceps, we have side delts, we have rear delts, we have upper traps, we have quads, we have hamstrings, we have glutes. We could, of course, consider the spinal erectors and then calves. No, I'm not training those and forearms, neck, I'm also not training those, even though you could argue that actually even they are getting some indirect work. So at the very least, we are looking at 10 different muscle groups that are getting 10 sets of work per week. So if you were to do the math, you would easily see that that would amount to roughly 100 total working sets per week if you add everything up. In reality, however, if you were to look at my training log, I'm only doing roughly 70 sets per week. And how can that be? Well, it is because I'm considering the overlap between different exercises that are not just training one muscle group. And this is something that many people overlook. And this is why I have to answer questions repeatedly again and again with new clients when it comes to why are we not doing more work for the biceps? Why are we not doing more work for the triceps? Why is there no more work for the rear delts? And it's simply because they don't think about the fact that pulling movements, basically all pulling movements are heavily working the rear delts. Vertical pulling movements like pull downs, pull ups and chin ups are pulling movements that a lot of people don't think of as movements that are working the rear delts. And maybe they are not the best movements for the rear delts. The angle of pull is not the most ideal. It would be a bit more ideal if the angle of pull was more like this, so a more horizontal angle. However, they are still working the rear delts. So if you want to be conservative, you could count, for example, one set of chin-ups as half a set for the rear delts. So if in your program, for example, you have 10 sets of vertical pulls from chin-ups, pull-ups, pull-downs, even some straight arm pull-down or pull-over variations, if you just count each of those sets as half a set for the rear delts, that would already give you five legitimate sets for the rear delts, which means that if for the rear delts you want to do 10 sets per week, you would only need five extra sets for the rear delts. And the same applies for the biceps. Most of my clients are shocked for why I'm not programming more direct bicep work, but they don't think about the fact that chin-ups, for example, which I like to program for most people who can do chin-ups, or heavily working the biceps. So I have no problem considering one set of chin-ups as one totally legitimate set for the biceps. If you're looking at movements such as pronated grip pull-downs or rows, those will also involve the biceps. So much so that a lot of studies actually don't find any difference between a pull-down and a barbell bicep curl in terms of stimulating the biceps. Now, I myself like to be a bit more conservative with that, so I would count something like a pull-down or a row where the biceps are not really well leveraged for hitting the biceps as half a set per one set for the biceps. But still, if you're adding everything up and you're doing, let's say, three sets of chin-ups a week and 
nine more different pulling movements such as pull downs or rows where the biceps are not really well leveraged then even if you just count those sets as one third of a set for the biceps you're still looking at six sets for the biceps already so if you're looking to do about 10 sets of bicep work per week, then in my view, you would only need four more sets for the biceps. And the same thing could be said about the triceps. A lot of people just don't think about the fact that the triceps are, if anything, overworked in most training programs. If you're doing any kind of press, the triceps are going to be involved. Now, granted, the long cut of the triceps are going to be less involved on something like a bench press. So for that, ideally, you would want some sort of an overhead movement. But for example, if you're doing something like a barbell overhead press, that is actually going to involve the long cut of the triceps quite well. If you're doing something like a straight arm pull down variation, such as a lap prayer, that is going to hit the long cut of the triceps like a boss. So many times, people just don't need as much tricep isolation work as they believe. So actually, if I'm pulling up my training log, which by the way, I'm tracking on this app called FitNotes, which I would recommend to all of you, you can get it in the App Store if you're using Android. I don't know if this is available for iPhone. I think it's not, unfortunately. But I actually made custom categories for myself when it comes to the muscle groups. So I will have muscle groups such as lats plus triceps long head. I will have categories such as hams and erectors, meaning hamstrings and the erector spine. I will have categories such as delts and traps because an overhead press is not only going to stimulate the shoulders, the front delts and also the lateral delts, but also the upper traps. So with all of these overlaps considered, I actually don't need to be doing that many total sets during the week. Another thing that you can actually emulate from my training and I would encourage you to do so is that I'm not obsessing over minimum per session volumes for any given exercise. While I certainly do think that there is such a thing as too much volume per session for a given muscle group, I don't think that you can underdose your per session training volume for a given muscle group, assuming that the intensity of effort is sufficiently high enough. So I'm not at all worried if I'm doing only two sets for a given muscle group in a given session. I don't think that that's too little. And to be honest, I just don't subscribe to this idea that there has to be some sort of minimum volume stimulus for a given muscle group in one session to make it grow. I think that there is a minimum intensiveness or intensity of effort threshold, but once you hit that, I think that muscle is being stimulated sufficiently. And if you actually think about it, basically all the evidence points towards the fact that during any session, your most effective set for any exercise, for any muscle group, is going to be your first set. That's going to actually give you most of the benefits that you will get out of that workout. After that, there are only diminishing returns and each subsequent set is becoming less and less effective, which of course doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing sets after your first set, because at a certain point, we have to do things that are inefficient because we just have to accumulate enough total volume. However, if your total weekly volume still comes out at a reasonable place or to a reasonable spot, I don't think there is any issues with doing only say two sets for a given muscle group in one session. For that matter, I don't even think there would be any issue with doing only one set for a given muscle group in one session. Actually, I just did that yesterday for my chest. I did one set of low incline dumbbell bench presses. That was it, just one set. I don't do this very often, but that's just how it came out this time. And 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Another thing that I think you could definitely, if not emulate, but at least use as a bit of a take home message from my training setup is that I'm not putting any exercise on a pedestal, meaning that I don't think of any particular movement as something that just has to be there. Many times people think that the barbell bench press is just something that without, you cannot build a good chest. A lot of people have the same views about the barbell back squat as a quad builder or the conventional deadlift, which is especially ironic because it's really not the best muscle builder exercise out there. But I used to have this struggle a lot in the past. And even when I was into training for a couple of years already, many times I would just see someone muscular and really impressive or really smart on Instagram or YouTube talking about a certain exercise. And all of a sudden I just had this feeling of, oh my God, I'm missing out on something amazing. I know that I abandoned this exercise because it was causing me joint pain or it just really didn't work out well for me. But man, I should somehow still find a way of putting it back into my routine because it's clearly just so amazing. Now, if an exercise feels off, if it's causing me joint pain of any kind, then the exercise will go at least for a temporary period of time. And I attribute this largely to the fact that I didn't have any major injuries for the longest time. Another thing that you could take away from my training is that I save a lot of time in the gym by pairing exercises up, which means that whenever I can, I will complete my workouts in some sort of a circuit fashion, which will mean that I will do one exercise, I will rest kind of just long enough to let my heart rate lower down to a reasonable level again to catch my breath, and then I will move on to a different exercise, do a set of that, then maybe a third, maybe even a fourth exercise. And that's how I'm going to go from one machine or one equipment to the other. And I can cut down on my workout time majorly this way. So for example, one example of this could be, I could do a set of bench press or any kind of horizontal pushing movement for my chest, then a set of leg curl, then a set of leg press, then a set of chin-ups, then back to the bench presses. And this is a very viable and legitimate way of saving time. And if you think about it, between each set for a given exercise, you can have much longer rest periods this way. So your performance on that exercise is actually going to improve. So I would definitely recommend you to give this a go. I recommend this to most of my clients. Now, of course, you can only use it if the gym is not too crowded or if you don't have any other logistical issue that will get in the way. But when you can, I would say make use of this. Of course, there are some caveats to this, which is that you only want to do this on exercises that are not training majorly overlapping muscle groups. So for example, you wouldn't want to pair up two presses or two pulls in most cases, or you wouldn't want to pair up any kind of full body movements together. So any kind of squat variation with any kind of deadlift variation, or for that matter, any kind of squat or leg press variation with a chin up, which will still involve your cardiovascular system, kind of core stabilization quite heavily. So you will have to use some common sense here. However, this is one great way of saving time. For me, a session which might have, you know, 12 to 15 sets in it, I can often complete in under half an hour. And that would be pretty much all the things that I would say you could emulate from my training and it could actually serve you well. And with that out of the way, now let's actually talk about the things that I would definitely not recommend you to emulate from my training. And I would say that if your goal is to build muscle now and to do so effectively and time efficiently, 
then these things you definitely don't want to be copying from me. The biggest, most major thing that you should definitely not emulate from my training is the fact that I am not chasing progression very purposefully at all, to the point where actually I don't even track my lifts very often. Many times I will just go to the gym, I will pick the exercise that I wanted to do, and I will open it up on my training blog and I will log it, but I will just use the weights and the reps that I did God knows how many sessions ago. Because I'm not really trying to set PRs, I'm just trying to track if I'm getting in my requisite weekly volumes. I want to track at least something, so I want to make sure that I'm getting in some decent amount of volume for each muscle group per week. I want to make sure that I'm training with high enough efforts per week so that stimulus on the muscles are, is there. But I am just not very meticulous and purposeful with my training, which if you want to build muscle is definitely not something that you should be doing. You can skip on a lot of things in your logging, if you're forgetting to track your body weight or your waist measurement or your caliper readings, I'm going to scold you for that a little bit if you're a client of mine, but if you don't track your lifts, I wouldn't say that I'm going to lose my shit, but I'm definitely going to let you know that you should be tracking your lifts because otherwise, what the hell is the point? Basically, if you're not tracking your lifts and if you're not going after progression with a purpose, then we have no idea whether what we are doing is working or not. If we are seeing a linear, relatively constant progression in your lifts, then that gives us a very good indication that the overall setup, as far as volume, training efforts, all of those things, exercise selection is concerned, we are at least not way off. If we are seeing constant ups and downs, things are stalling a lot, you're hitting a lot of plateaus, then that's an indication that something needs to change. Maybe you're doing too much volume, maybe you're not doing enough, and we will have to test those things. But if you're not tracking things, we cannot tell. There is no way to tell. So this thing that I'm doing with my training, you should definitely not emulate. Again, this is something I can get away with now, because my goals are so loose and there is so much room for error when you are not actually trying to improve that this is okay. But if you are trying to improve, definitely keep good track of your lifts. And to be clear, I'm only doing this now. When I was getting lean, when I was doing my diet, then I was tracking everything very meticulously because I wanted to know exactly what's happening with my strength. Because if I saw that I'm losing strength, then that would have told me something about my dieting approach or my training approach. Another thing which you probably don't want to be emulating from my training is that I am way too flexible with my scheduling. So literally, I will have almost no weeks that will look identical. Basically, when I'm going to the gym, I have some rough idea of what I want to train. In fact, some things I do know for pretty sure. For example, I know that on Mondays I will do quads, on Tuesdays I will do hamstrings, and the same thing will happen on Fridays and on Saturdays, but I have no idea what I'm going to do on the rest of the days. I know that I want to hit some kind of upper body muscles on most other days, but on which days exactly I'm gonna hit chest and on which days I'm gonna hit lats and how I'm going to combine those, Honestly, that's mainly decided based on what equipment is free in the gym at that moment. I'm basically going there, and maybe I even had something noted down in my training blog that, okay, this time I want to use this flat chest pressing machine. I'm going there, and I'm seeing that some guy is using it. Cool. That lift is deleted from my log. I'm going to use that inclined chest pressing machine instead, or I'm going to go to the Smith machine instead. Literally, it is that flexible. 
And while I would say that you can auto-regulate your exercise selection and exercise ordering to a reasonable extent, so for example, if you have to move one lift from one day to another day or switch up the order of two exercises within one given session, that's really not the end of the world. But all in all, there should be pretty good consistency in your scheduling and in your ordering of things, both in terms of training days and as far as the exercises within one session. If you're changing those things up radically, then again, it will be really hard to tell how you're actually progressing. Because maybe you will say that, okay, this week I hit a PR on the leg press. In this other week, I actually regressed on the leg press. But maybe you fail to account for the fact that in one session you did the leg press as your first exercise, and in another session you did it as your fifth exercise. So no wonder you were acutely more fatigued. So of course you regressed in that session. So you don't want to have really large fluctuations in how you're scheduling and ordering things because then the whole thing is going to be a shit show. But for me, with my goals, this is completely okay. Another thing that you definitely don't want to be emulating from my approach, and again, this is kind of similar to the whole scheduling thing, is that my training volume is going to be changing from week to week. Basically, some weeks I might be doing eight sets for my chest, and on other weeks I will be doing 14 sets for my chest. So exactly how well am I recovering from my chest training? Well, it's really hard to tell because I'm not hit tracking my PRs, so my lifts, and I'm also not consistent with my scheduling and my volume is changing week to week as well. So how can you tell if your training is working for you when it's set up like that? You can't. This is actually quite ridiculous. This is good for someone who is already at the point where they want to be and they don't care much about improving for the time being. But if you're someone who is looking to build muscle, like this would be a complete no-go. If you asked me this, if I was your coach, whether this is okay to kind of undulate your volume by this much week to week, I would say that, well, there can be some auto-regulation. So for example, in some sessions, if you're really fatigued and if your performance regressed a lot by an exercise like the squat, then you may skip the remaining sets of that exercise. So in that way, there can be fluctuations like that. But these kind of fluctuations are dictated by an auto-regulation strategy, not by just the whims of what you want to do in the moment. So auto-regulating things is good and it's even encouraged. Being random about things, not so great. Another thing which you probably don't want to be emulating from me is that I'm also not really tracking my body composition. The most amount of tracking I'm doing on that front is that I'm flexing in the mirror in my changing room after my sessions. That I'm doing and if I like what I'm seeing there, then basically I'm just concluding that, yay, things are still heading in the right direction. But to be honest, I'm not tracking my body weight. The battery in my scale died a couple of weeks ago and I haven't replaced it since then. I'm not using calipers. I'm also not using waist measurements. These are all things that I would strongly recommend that you do do if you actually want to build muscle or lose fat and retain your muscle mass or recomp in the meantime. Whatever is your goal that involves improvement, you should be keeping track of your body composition. And lastly, the last thing that you should probably shouldn't emulate from my approach if you want to build muscle is that I'm actually just not eating enough at this point to grow. I'm a fairly advanced lifter, meaning that I'm probably fairly close to where I would be maxing out at some point. So at this point, expecting to put on a meaningful amount of muscle if I'm not actually in some sort of an ensured surplus consistently 
is kind of a pipe dream. I don't think I can recomp at this point. I don't think I can very effectively main gain myself to a couple of pounds of more muscle at this point. So if I really want to grow, there will have to be more food and I will have to be more meticulous about that. So like I said, maybe in the early winter, kind of fall period, at that point, I'm actually gonna start tracking my calories and they are gonna be very well tracked. And that's how I'm going to ensure that I'm in a small surplus day to day and I'm gonna be running that for a couple of months and hopefully I can still put on some muscle that way. And of course, I'm gonna be doing that along with all the other things which I'm currently not doing and which are basically prohibiting me at the moment from gaining. But if your goal is to build muscle, then I would definitely look to be in a calorie surplus. Calorie intake, protein intake, and nutrition on the whole is not the most important thing for muscle building. So these notions like body composition is 80% nutrition, 20% training. Well, yes, that's true for fat loss, but for muscle building, it's the other way around. But if you're someone who is more of a hard gainer, you don't have the most amazing genetics, or you're already at a fairly advanced level, then nutrition is still going to be very, very important. It's still not more important than your training, but at that point, it's important enough so that getting it wrong can still be the limiting factor. It can basically still prevent you from actually making gains. So if you wanna build muscle and you haven't been super successful with that so far, then definitely don't do what I do and actually eat enough to grow. Unless, of course, in the short term, first you have a good reason to get leaner first, which is completely legitimate. But once that's done, then actually make sure that you're in a surplus and that you're fueling your muscle building ambitions. So guys, in a nutshell, that is how my training is set up for the time being. This is how I'm going about my very flexible training setup. If there is such a thing in the world as fully intuitive training, then this is pretty much it. Like I said, this is in the context of me just wanting to maintain what I have at the moment, which I'm very happy with. I want to stay lean and I don't want to lose muscle. Or if I do, I just want to lose the least amount of muscle that I can. To be honest, I do think that the amount of volume that I'm doing and given the intensity of effort that I'm applying in the gym, what I'm doing is more than sufficient to maintain what I have and potentially it might actually be enough to even grow some muscle. And that's why, to be honest, I'm doing 10-ish sets per muscle group per week and not only say five or six sets per week, which I also think would be perfectly enough to maintain what I have at the moment. I'm kind of approaching it with a mindset of, well, if I can actually grow some muscle groups during this period, that's awesome. But if not, if this just results in maintaining, that's also fine. And in that case, I don't mind that I'm doing, you know, four redundant sets per week because five or six sets would already be enough. Because honestly, it just doesn't take that much more time or effort to do those four additional sets per muscle group per week. So that is kind of the mindset that I have. Also for me, training at this moment in time is just a good daily practice to make sure that I'm not completely sedentary because I'm gonna be walking to the gym and I'm gonna be walking back from the gym. I'm gonna walk before the session and after the session on the treadmill for like 10 minutes. So just that whole daily kind of routine will give me 3000 additional steps for that day, which is a great way of making sure that I'm not too sedentary. So my training sessions are only serving that purpose. And so, you know, with that mindset, I think what I'm doing is perfectly good. 
However, like I said, I don't think this approach would be anywhere remotely ideal if I wanted to get to where I am from where I was, say, three years ago. So if your goal is to get better, to improve, to get more muscular, then you will have to be a lot more purposeful. And that is exactly how I'm approaching my clients as well. That is the one thing that I'm trying to emphasize to all of them, that you've been focusing on a lot of things thus far. You were obsessing over your training volume, your mind-muscle connection, how much pump you're getting, all of these things. But the one key thing, which is monitoring your progression and being very purposeful with it, that is the one thing that you've been ignoring so far. And also the intensity of effort. So the effort level per session, per exercise, per set, that's also something that's very often lagging with the people that I come across in my uh, client applications. So, you know, those are some crucial things which you will definitely have to keep in mind if you want to improve. But otherwise, I hope that this kind of overview, kind of showing you what I'm doing and what I would be doing if I had different goals, I hope that all of this was insightful and informative. So guys, uh, let me know what you think of all of this. And um, otherwise, I wanna thank you for your attention. Please check out the video description for my website. Check out my comprehensive guide on the biggest question in the world, should you cut or bulk? And if you want to be coached by me or you want to do a consultation with me or you want to get a custom training plan, then uh, also check out the description. Otherwise, I want to thank you for your attention for today and I will see you in the next video.